Welcome back if you're still listening. I am your host, let's call it, Stephen Scullion, Irish marathon runner, currently documenting my journey to try and qualify for Tokyo 2020. Today, this is a bit of a trial. Um, I'm sure you'll hear from my voice. I'm currently doing a easy eight-mile run in a place called Twin Arrows. Um, Flagstaff is super snowy right now, so I've had to drive 30 minutes out of town <coughs> to a place called Twin Arrows. I can tell you, getting my phone out to open up the voice recorder has my right hand freezing but that's all good so today I want to talk about why how and just generally speaking how my comeback to athletics worked and I think it's fitting to do that on a run because that's when the idea to make a comeback started um, let me in 2016 I tried to make the Rio Olympics um, my own mistakes let's list some of those going a little bit off topic but let's list why I decided to retire for 8 or 9 months I tore my quad 10 days out from London Marathon um, and that really, really upset me emotionally, obviously physically. I spent the 10 days before London Marathon in 2016 um, with my foot on a beanbag, elevated, icing my quad once an hour, every hour, for six, seven days. I seen a chiropractor called Tom Greenway probably three or four times in that period and to this day he asks me well basically he tells me and others he doesn't know how I still managed to run that marathon and this was a guy who was telling me everything would be alright when deep down he knew I was in big trouble Um, so the mistakes I made um, I was training too hard far too hard I'd never been that fit before and so I really got excited about this new fitness um, and Nick Badeau was coaching me and I was when he first set the program we were both like whoa this is going to be pretty tough and some of those pretty tough days included 20k in the morning, 20k at night, and I ran the last 10k of both of those runs under or around 30 minutes for 10k. So I was just, I think Nick Badeau had told me to run 31.15, but it was just easy and the mistakes I made was not knowing how to handle fitness. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So 
I was just going too fast. I think the final blow was in Portugal. I did seven times two kilometer on the track. Um, starting at maybe 6.20, finishing in 5.40. I took a lap jog recovery and ran a K as hard as I could and ran 2.33, I think. And let me go back to where my mind frame was at. I honestly believed I could run 2.30 and I thought if I did, Nick Badeau would say, let's scrap the marathon, let's go to Stanford and let's run a 10K. So don't get me wrong, I don't know why I was thinking that, but I was just being a bit childish. I wanted to impress Nick, I wanted to impress Strava. You know the, you know the drill. Sorry, I'm currently running up a hill and yeah, I might breathe a bit heavier. Anyway, that was a bit off topic, but quad tear, run London Marathon, 10 days later, um, my training for about three months, I had averaged about 120 mile a week, um, and then I tore my quad. So that sucked. Then my 10 days before the race was seven days, sorry, three days where I was an absolute tool and I persisted to run. I persisted to roll on a cricket ball on a quad tear. That was a bright idea. I retore the injury on the Saturday eight days out, which was another bright idea because I tried to run 5K at marathon pace. Basically, every runner, every runner's nemesis is their own head. If I could go back, I would rest completely the second I felt pain and not run a step until race morning. But that's just me. Instead, for three or four days, I was so insecure about losing fitness, which is absolute horseshit, I ran through the injury. Made it worse. Um, yeah, bit of an idiot. Anyway, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I rest. Um, Saturday, I go for a walk. That's the day before London Marathon. I go for a walk. And Sunday morning, I do a one-mile jog and watch the best athletes in the world do their strides, do their drills. I just can't do that. I'm in pain. Um, I get... If you've ever ran London Marathon, I get two miles in. I'm about to sweep round a big corner and down a hill. And at that moment, I feel the quad, lateral quad, 
up towards the hip retear <laughs> and honestly I was pretty happy about it because I just thought well I was going to wait the whole marathon for that to happen so at least it happened and now I can deal with it so I reach halfway in 6630 and um yeah from there I get to about 16 mile with um Derek Hawkins who goes on to make the British Olympic squad um and it's around mile 17 18 that shit hits the fan um my right quad eventually decides um left quad tear my right quad compensated and it starts to cramp every time my right quad hits the ground it was basically it was agony and this is about mile 18 and it was the first point of the race that I thought oh my god I might not finish and that had nothing to do with my willpower, we could call it. That was physical pain. Um, I run past an aid station where they're giving out Vaseline. And in my head, I thought, I wish you had some added an extra. <laughs> I wish you had some 500 milligram painkillers. And anyway, I keep going. Um, I end up running 2 hours 20 minutes so I run 66 first half 74 for the second half um, I've never been more proud of myself for finishing but deeply deeply upset with myself for making the mistakes I did Um I go into the the aftermath, let's call it, the tent. Um, Derek Hawkins comes over to me. He says, man, what happened? Like, you were flying. He said, like, you weren't breathing. And then you were just gone. And I told him about my right quad, etc., etc. Um, I text my dad who was in Malta and my dad says are you okay and in that moment I break down in tears um, I I think the whole experience just caught up with me and it was too much so I'm I'm in tears, probably only for 20 or 30 seconds, and then I catch myself on, and I probably shout at myself and say, grow up, and that's it. The emotions are over. Um, even though the crying stopped, I spend the next eight months 
am on a different path. I start going to the gym, trying to build muscle, and I take up, I just party a lot more. Let me be the first to say, I love socializing and partying. Um, When I'm training, I don't do that. Because, like I talked about before, I, I don't think alcohol is a terrible thing. I think lack of sleep, poor quality of sleep, dehydration, and empty calories is the problem so that's where I'm at with partying when I'm training sorry that was off topic Um, but anyway I for 8 months first of all it was a month in London I partied a lot more I went to the gym um, probably 3-4 times a week I bought a training plan from a Instagrammer called Ross Dickerson and I started that and within a month I gained about probably four kilograms to which most was probably fat because you can't grow muscle that fast and within eight months I was back in Belfast um, living probably the life that I thought I had missed out on and believe it or not I had missed out on that life because even in school when my friends went on holidays to Ibiza when my friends went to the prom when my friends did all these amazing things I was either on a training camp at a race in some Isle of Man Guernsey doing some race series that I thought was the most important thing at the time when actually I should have been with my friends and so I don't regret taking 8 months off Um, I took 8 months off I played rugby, I partied, I got to spend time with some of my childhood best friends and I will never ever regret that. I loved it, I loved every minute of it. Some of my habits weren't conventional for a distance runner, smoking and drinking three or four days in a row not sleeping and the list kind of goes on there and but that was that was my choice that was my decision don't regret it never will regret it and it's exactly two years ago New Year's Eve I my alcohol for the evening with a bottle of red wine and a bottle of Jemison and I bought that about 6pm 
and drunk throughout the night, um, drinking, smoking, um, messing around, got so drunk, I thought that somebody in the house party wanted to, I thought he was arranging to beat me up, and I'm a very aggressive and physical person, emotional person, and so I'm ready to go to war, and ten minutes later I'm asleep on the couch, realising that enough was enough, Um, so I wake up the next morning, I, without speaking to anybody, leave the house, and this was the real turning point, I don't know the code to get out of the apartment block, so I climb a slippery fence that has a probably razor blade, sharp, barbed wire top, I put my jumper over that and climb something like you see on TV, climb the fence, jump on the other side, lift my jumper, sweatshirt, put my sweatshirt on and realise the barbed wire fence, razor blades, whatever, had ripped my sweatshirt and I'm walking down what's called the Ravenhill Road with no back in my t-shirt because it's completely ripped and I think to myself, (coughs) my grandmother and granda could drive down this road at any point and see me walking down this road, my t-shirt ripped, stinking of booze, and it really upset me, Um, I mean really upset me, and then I thought, what sort of example am I setting for my little brother and sister, who are still young, need to be able to look up to their big brother, my little brother just turned 13, um, and I thought like, basically what the fuck are you doing Stephen? I was a kid that had tremendous amounts of talent, could achieve almost whatever he wanted, and here I am, can't even live with myself, um, so then I think to myself, what if you would have ripped your body open? on that barbed wire fence and so that was the day I decided to make a change Um, and so basically I up and leave I up and leave one of my best friends Andrew Doherty who bless his heart has always been there for me when I need a place to stay I live in his house he keeps a bedroom for me Not many people have friends as good as that. So, I love that guy. Um, But I I have to leave. And I go to London to sort myself out a bit. Um, And it's on a run with my good friend, Andy Vernon. We're we're out running. Um, Andy never misses a day. Mr. Consistent. And I, I haven't run in 
70 a month and we're doing a six mile run and I I'm talking about London talking about how shit it was to be on the start line with a quad tear but equally how amazing it was in terms of an experience and the crowd the atmosphere the build up and I said you know I would give anything to do that all again and stand on that start line healthy and (laughs) this is the 16th of January and the next day I text my friend Scott Overall and I say Scott can you enter me in the championship start line for London Marathon actually no that's a lie I emailed the office and I get a reply from one of the workers in the office who probably has no idea who the F I am and is like I don't see any results for you buddy blah 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 to which I respond and say I was an elite athlete on your start line last year and believe it or not my 66.20 at halfway is what gets me back in the next year as a championship entrant so Scott looks after that Um, I'm in Costa in Teddington and I'm on the phone to my friend Gavin and I tell him hey I've entered Um, I tell him I think tomorrow I'll go do a 13 mile run see where I'm at and within 45 minutes I had packed my laptop up and I went home put on my running kit and off I went 13 miles around Richmond Park and I hadn't ran properly in maybe 8 months and I averaged about 6.23 per mile go have a look it's on my Strava 2017 go right back to the Sunday probably about January 18th you'll see it I think my average heart rate is about 169 but I finish and think who the fuck can do that who can take 8 months off the most miles I probably ran in a week for 8 months was about 10 and I weigh I think 84 kilograms I'm fat heavy like 14 kilograms heavier than what I races race at actually 16 kilograms heavier than what I am right now but yet what I will say here is if you put your mind to something and I mean really put your mind to something you can do whatever you want so 
about three days later, I text Nick Badu and I say, hey Nick, making a comeback um, in 13 weeks time, I'm going to run under two hours 19 at London Marathon. That's the world championship standard. Will you coach me? <laughs> Nick probably read that message and thought, you mess. I don't know what he thought. I don't really give a shit what he thought. But 13 weeks later, I ran 217.55. So, <laughs> who does that, you know? Um, I'm actually going to, um, at some point I'm going to upload a PDF, which includes a week by week of how that went. Um, <laughs> I lost about 8 kilograms. Um, I actually thought I lost more, but a set of skills in Flagstaff was clearly lying to me. But that's okay. Um, the PDF of that will include everything from I swear to God I broke down in tears in Bushy Park because I couldn't I'd been back training about four weeks and I did a six mile tempo and I couldn't run quicker than 550 per mile and like it just really upset me and then I basically told myself to shut the fuck up and keep going because the only thing first of all it was my own goddamn fault that I couldn't break 550 because I just took 8 months off played rugby and pumped weights in the gym secondly instead of reminiscing on the past I had to deal with the present and I tell myself the only way to get better is to keep going if I if I want to be able to so two weeks ago I did 22 miles at altitude and averaged 521 so imagine me running 6 miles as hard as I can in 550 but I accepted responsibility for that and I finished got the job done went home recovered and moved on I'm gonna do that PDF document because I want y'all to realize I am extremely human extremely human but I have worked my fucking ass off to become what I feel is a very powerful and like self-disciplined 
purpose-driven, motivated, dedicated athlete that I believe I will go on and run under two hours, ten minutes for a marathon. I don't... I think the only limiting factor is time. I've shown myself another beautiful moment in that comeback. I'm running with Andy Vernon in Richmond Park and get in touch with Vernon. Ask him about this. It's a 12 mile run. I was obviously starting to get fatigued. Training had got better, then it got worse because of fatigue. And so we are running on a camber hill. So my foot is slipping, my heart rate's about 175. This is a bloody easy run. And my heart rate's 175. Anyway, I turn to Vernon and I say, buddy, it breaks my heart, but you're gonna have to go. I need to walk. And you guys will all understand this. You know when you're running with that person that is far fitter than you and they say, oh, don't worry, I'll slow down a bit. And in your head, you're thinking, slow down a fucking bit. How about we walk? (laughs) So I kindly tell Vernon to bugger off because (laughs) I don't need to slow down. I need to lie down in Richmond Park and sleep. And anyway, I always think back to that moment and I wasn't quitting. It wasn't about quitting. It was being intelligent and thinking, do you know what? If I injure myself today or I run myself into fatigue, I won't be training tomorrow. And so there's a lot went on in this comeback. Good days, really shitty days. One of the funnest half marathons I've ever done, Reading Half Marathon. Um, my slowest half marathon in the last decade, but one of the funnest days of my life. I ran start to finish with a smile on my face and ran 68.30. And then, five weeks later, ran 2.17 for a marathon. So, there you go. Um, I think that's enough for today. Um, I'm really sorry about this shitty wind that I've had to deal with the whole way back to the car. Um, but this podcast, this documentation is not about being glamorous. It's Some days it'll be shitty. Yesterday I was in an Epsom bath when I did it. Today I'm on a run. Um, bear with me. Some days will be better than others. But if you can pick little parts out of today that will help you, please do that. If you think it would help others, please share this. Can I... 
be quite frank, I don't give a shit if this is only listened by 50 people, but if I help those 50 people see that most professionals, if not all, are human, and that you can achieve anything you want if you're driven, if you accept you're bloody human and don't be so hard on yourself. So that's what I want. I want people to be less hard on themselves, to realize getting out the door is a victory. And for me personally, like I've been through a tremendous struggle. So <laughs> when I drop out a Dublin marathon or when I don't pick the marathon at the European Champs, to be quite frank, give me a fucking break. Like, let me be the person to say that. Like, I'm human. I think I'm going to go on to achieve amazing things. But cut me some flack some days. Because um, I have to do that to myself. I have to beat myself up enough. So, people like Jerry Kiernan, the opinionators, seriously, get alive. He's the kind of guy who's going to do this to provoke a reaction from the crowd. Provoke a reaction from RTE. Like, we're human. I, I want to represent every human out there that doubts themselves, that gets insecure. Um, we make mistakes. I've made plenty. Um, I did a podcast yesterday about eating and how in 2007, 2006, I used to make myself be sick. I'm going to be the first to tell you, that's not the worst mistake I've made in my life. And I'm sure it's not yours. So, let's work together. Um, I hope you find some of this useful. I hope the wind isn't a complete bollocks. Um, and have a good day, everybody. That's all for me today.